You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to World Arm Wrestling League this week, show number 36. And tonight, we got a cracker in store. We have a couple of the best lightweights on the roster and two of the best middleweights on the roster joining us as tonight's guests. Ladies and gentlemen, we have got the Golden Boy of California, Jamie Sheldon. So impressive in the lightweight division with a massive win over Alan Fisher. We've got former two-time hammer holder and final championship contender, Tony Katowski, the Iron Man, with us. From WAL's middleweight division, we are joined by eternal favourite and standout of the 500 series, Mr. Paul Lynn. And last but by no means least, we've also got the Bama Bull, Justin Bishop, in the mother-fluffing house. I think you'll agree, guys, four of the best and a great show in store for you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get things underway. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. If you're just joining us, it's another big action event. We've got four men on the line, two at lightweight, two at middleweight. Let me introduce who we've got on this week's show. The lightweights on the WAL roster, we got Jamie Sheldon and we got Tony Katowski. Middleweights on the call, we got Justin, the Bammable Bishop, and Paul Lynn. Fellas, how's everybody doing today? Fantastic. Very well. Doing great. Hopefully the signal holds up and we're all good. I know we're working on different timescales in different parts of the world, but I'm going to come to you individually and we'll uh, we'll see how everybody's doing. First of all, Tony Katowski. Hey, I believe that we've uh, we've got some big news for you, mate. You've got a bit of an injury, I believe. I got three of them, man. Three of them. Holy, I thought it was just me that got these injuries. I'm getting old. I thought you been in your prime. No. So I guess to make a long story short, just after my 2016 uh, win, I was training at my house and just doing a simple rotation workout. I had a buddy come over and he wanted to train, but I wasn't going to. I was take the night off because I was beat up from training previously. And uh, so that night I decided just to do a couple small rotation workouts, not even heavy, and I felt a pop in my elbow. And that's when I tore my UCL originally, is over three years ago. And I've just been kind of pushing through the pain. I haven't been able to work back or side pressure since then. I've been just mainly using hand and uh, just pure muscle, pretty much. And uh, then this last time when I pulled Sam, the third match, um, I went to dive sideways when he extended my arm. And it felt like a piece of paper tearing in my arm. Um, I didn't know what that was at the time, but then, as Justin knows, I was sitting by him at the after party, and it was ballooned up like a pear. And uh, so I knew something had happened. So what happened there was I tore my pronator flexor muscle half off the bone, and then I also had a tear above that. So it's going to be three surgeries, one to fix the UCL, which they're thinking is most likely going to be Tommy John surgery. Secondly, it's going to be fusing the pronator muscle back onto the bone and then just uh sewing up the tear that's above that 
in the pronator muscle as well. So I got uh, pretty well beat up, and it's coming up here in a day and a half. So I'm kind of excited to get it done and get back in the game. And have they given you any sort of prognosis on how long it's going to take for you to get back wrestling again, mate? Or? Uh, they said it'll be four weeks in a in a brace and mm -hmm. then another four weeks with five to ten pound weight restriction. And they said within usually about six to seven months, I'll be back to 100 percent. So, you know, another four to five months after that of heavy training, of course, I'll maybe be back up to strength. So I'm thinking my 2020 season probably isn't going to be uh, very functional. Oh, dear me. Unless, of course, um, on the other arm, there's a potential. I know that you're ambidextrous, obviously, mate. You've held the hammer on both arms. But, Jamie Sheldon, let's come to you, mate. Obviously, as a lightweight uh, contender on the World Arm Wrestling League roster, what does that mean to you when you when you see one of the lads um, take a step back like that? Obviously, it's an extremely competitive weight class. Oh, yeah, we've had a couple people uh, injured. and uh, I mean, Sarah and now Tony. It's like, wow, you know, two of the world-class competitors are and people who legitimately have a shot to hold that hammer are uh, are injured which i know they'll both make strong comebacks um yeah when i heard about tony i didn't even know about it until a couple of days ago when he posted it so uh, i mean you never want to see your buddies hurt so I, I just hope he he comes back strong and like i told him he, he's not done yet he's got he's got stuff to do here and um there's a lot of us chasing him too so um i think i might even be heavier than him right now for some reason i've I believe you are. I seen your scale the other day. Yes, you are. You're about eight pounds heavier than me. What are you weighing right now, Jamie? Uh, fully clothed, one ninety six yesterday. So wow. Yeah. So yeah, you're, uh, Justin, what are you right now? Uh, about the same. All right. So yeah, that's a big Mister Sheldon, and that's without hair. Yeah. <laughs> My body likes to sit a little, little heavy when I'm. Uh, well, definitely during the off seasons, but when I'm. Really in the gym, I like to be heavier, but I, I'm going to have to kind of slow it down. I think as soon as I hit 200 real quick, I'll just drop back down and then sit in the 180s and, you know, plan from there, I guess. And do you think, do you think, um, this, let's talk about this a little bit. Obviously, we've got Paul Lynn on here. And Paul, you walk around uh, off season. He, it makes me laugh because Paul looks like he's been carved out of Zeus's tooth. And he says something like, you know, oh, off season, we're a little sloppy, Neil. He's talking to a man with six sets of side tits. And he says that he's sloppy. You'll have to watch his YouTube video. Uh, my, 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 my wife said, oh, he's got nice arms. I shut it, woman. <laughs> you don't have to talk about another man like that. What are you talking about? Everybody I show pictures of Paul Lynn, they go, oh, he's, he's in good condition, isn't he? And then you get Paul on the show and he says, oh, yeah, I'm sloppy in the off season. So where are you right now, Paul? What's your weight at? He's weighing in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Where have you gone, Mr. Lynn? You still there, mate? I think we might have lost him. Have we? He may have dropped off. Let's have a look. We'll try and reconnect with Paul. Let's come to Justin. Justin, obviously, um, you're a guy that, that, that's often been criticised for being a small middleweight. And we just heard there that you're pretty much on a par in terms of your walk round weight right now uh, with, uh, with Jamie. I mean, uh, do you have, uh, do you have to, are you trying to stack weights on, mate, or are you looking to maybe uh, transition back down again? Uh, usually, um, I walk around 85, 90, you know, 185 or 190. Mm -hmm. uh, before I pulled Rob, I was roughly 10 pounds heavier, but um, I was eating. You know, it's real hard for me to get there. So one reason is because I actually take off in the winter, and um, 
that's one thing I changed this year is I'm just going to train all the way through the winter. I've actually gotten a lot tighter with my workouts. Like I'm actually writing stuff down now and, um, you know, picked out a few workouts that I'm going to do uh, twice a day, three times a week, like specifically for arm wrestling. And uh, I, I learned something this year. Um, high reps and volume don't get any stamina. And um, it doesn't really build my strength as much. You know, I really? was trying to get, yeah, I was trying to get bigger as a person, you know, so I could, I don't know, you get that little bit of confidence when you, you see that 200 mark. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I was, I was veering off a little bit of my arm wrestling stuff to, to uh, do bench and back and stuff like that to put on a little more size. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I had a little tweak uh, with my tennis elbow on the right side, which didn't hurt in uh, my match with Rob at all. It, I was I had it when I pulled Solaris, but it didn't hurt during that match. But when I'd lift heavy in the gym with it, like real heavy hammer curls, it would hurt. So... That was one thing that leaned me away from uh, heavy lifting and more high reps, trying to keep my. Because I honestly, I felt like I felt like I was strong enough. I just needed to make sure I was in every match, and mm-hmm. um, that you know that along with some rushing the match, I feel like you know killed my chances in the third and fourth round. But uh, I felt like I was strong enough, you know. Uh, but that's something I changed this year. I, I expect to be much stronger and uh, walk around a little heavier by next year. You know, it's funny. Obviously, uh, you're a guy that's pulled. And we're go- have we got? Let's just check. Have we got Paul back in here yet? Paul, are you back on, mate? Yeah, Mike, check. Can you hear me? Here? Yeah, yeah. There you go, dude. I, I, we we lost you. We lost you a moment ago, mate. I don't know why, but we we lost you. Just uh, wanted to. I, I just picked up with Justin there about his weight. Where are you sat at right now, mate? Where? What's your sort of walk round body weight now? I'm sitting right around, right in between uh, 215, 218. But, but like you said, it's 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 not the 215, 218. Uh, like, it's the carved up holiday turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes eating football season. Right. Right. Well, you just yeah. come off Thanksgiving. You need an excuse, mate. That's fine. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> mate, I could go to Marbella and be on the beach and look like that. <laughs> I get, get Greenpeace throwing me back in the sea when I come out to drive. <laughs> oh, <it's> not- <laughs> It's not good, mate. That's how I roll. Tell you. The, the, um, I wanted to ask Justin a quick question. Everybody thinks size matters, you know, particularly my missus. But everybody seems to think size matters. And to be perfectly honest, I wanted to get uh, a bit of an indication. You've pulled the top lightweights. You've pulled the Yana Samalins. You've pulled Tony Katowski. How much of a, a difference in top-end strength do you believe there is between um, light and well, well, to me, there's definitely a difference. Um, it's, I mean, it's a fine line. I, obviously, I'm going to be stronger at 195 than I am at uh, 165. Um, but I, then again, there's a difference also, in my opinion, in speed and certain mm-hmm. other aspects, you know. Um, that was one of my main focuses. You and I talked about it before my match with uh, Rob was I needed to utilize my speed. And, yeah. Um, and uh, I think it, I did it all right, you know, but uh, could have been better. But I, I, there is definitely a, a strength difference. I feel like uh, something I lacked this year that I didn't work a lot on because I felt like I was dominant in that area was uh, my cupping. And, um, you know, because I've never really had a problem there. Um, even when I get my, my wrist bent back, people get the confusion that, um, you know, oh, he took his hand because his wrist went back. I mean, your wrist and your hand are two different things. Like 
my cup and my finger pressure is probably my biggest attribute and it's not at uh middleweight you know what i mean yeah i, I gotta work on it a little bit more um i feel like my arms there um my rotations pretty close all of that will be better next year though i guarantee you so when you stepped up from the middleweight from the lightweight division excuse me did you really mm -hmm. notice a significant strength gain in terms of your arm strength your sort of fundamental top end arm strength uh, definitely. Uh, my biggest, like I said, my, my biggest uh, eye opener was the hand. My, uh, and they're, you have bigger hands, so naturally they're probably going to be a little harder to deal with, even if they aren't stronger, they're bigger. Yep. And, and um, to be fair, and I don't want to knock anybody, I think um, at middleweight, it's, it's, uh, you have better chess players. Not to say you don't have chess players at lightweight, like Tony and Janice and Sam, but Mm -hmm. To me, to me, you got three or four there, and almost everybody at uh, middleweight is a good chess player. And you're quite, you're, I mean, it, just in this call, you're in quite an un, uh, unusual position, really, Justin, because you're the one guy on the call that's sort of trying to gain weight. You know, you you yeah. you, you, you you pull up at middleweight, whereas you look at Paul, he's dropping as he says from two eighteen. You look at Jamie. You're dropping quite a significant amount of weight there, and Tony, obviously, you've dropped weight. You've been a, sort of uh, you've taken weight the weight cut to a to a, to an art form, mate. Yep. So, just directing it to the other three guys, to to Paul, Jamie, and and Tony, and we'll start with Jamie. When you sort of do these big drops to get down to the lightweight division, Jamie, do you do you struggle there, or are you losing nothing weight? Are you using useless weight? Well, in, in recent years, well, I spent the first 10 years of my career at 154, 165 for some reason um, because I was able to make that weight and stay lean. Okay. Now, getting closer to 40, it's a little bit harder and my body wants to be heavier. I feel less injury when I'm heavier. So um, generally, I try to stay around 180 if I can. Um, I can. I can make 165, 185 just you know, with a couple of weeks notice if I need to, you know, fluctuate my weight. But lately, I, I don't know, I've just been really wanting to reach that 200 pound mark. Never actually met it. Um, even college, I was 198. That was my biggest. And that was, you know, 17, 18 years ago. And I've never reached 200. So I just wanted to touch that 200 mark just so I could say that I've done it and then just start my gradual healthy cut and then sitting on the 180s. But, you know, healthy, strong, a little bit lean and, and and go from there. So having to cut to 170 is not a problem. Um, I usually, well, I've never missed weight, but uh, it, it's getting harder to get that 170 mark. So if we can do 176, that, that would be great, you know. <laughs> and but, and uh, Paul, same question, mate. Obviously, uh, I know a number of guys in the middleweights cut from that slightly higher base, you know. Obviously, your most recent match against Paul Tolbert, I think Paul had been uh, knocking around the 220 to 240 mark, uh, if the rumours are to be believed. Do you lose a lot of uh, power, top-end power, when you do the cut, mate? Or are you, are you sort of training up to it and that compensates? Right. I, I mean, I think, you know, part of the reason why when you, <clears throat> when, you, when you talk to me about how, you know, how much I'm weighing and how I feel, um, I might say a sloppy 215 because I feel sloppy. Yeah. Um, more on the fact that like, uh, my joints, when I'm heavier, 
my joints hurt more, inflammation seems to be higher. A lot of that's based on my diet not being as clean. So mm-hmm. usually when I, when I make my cut, um, I actually feel better. And in even the core lifts in the gym, um, if I've been eating clean for, for two to three months, my core lifts will rise at a lower weight. So my body wants to hover around like 208, 209. That's where it wants to be when, when the weight's clean, when the, when the diet's clean. Mm-hmm. So when I drop that last few pounds of water and I have enough time to hydrate, I actually feel, you know, in my best shape. And come to Tony. Tony, obviously, you've just been through the absolute ringer in trying to make the weight there. And you're mm-hmm. a, a guy with an enormous amount of muscle mass stacked on you. Um, I can only imagine that you do get significantly weaker, mate, when you come down to the to the lightweight class. Well, as far as weaker, you know, during the dehydration, of course. Um, but I, I personally firmly believe that you can gain. I'm going to throw a percentage out, even though percentages are what they are i would say i could gain at least 95 percent of my strength back just based on how i feel when i come back and you know based on what uh, uh paul in just said you know because he eats healthy and perfect for two months prior and that's the same thing that i do and then also the day of the event i'll eat absolutely perfect you know i see guys throwing a bunch of sugar and starchy carbs in their diet and you know that's the last thing a guy wants to do i'll eat absolutely perfect i'll gain I'll start the water cut at 178, make weight at 165. By the time I arm wrestle, I'm 195. Now, while all I gained was, you know, it was pure water weight back. I didn't gain no muscle back. It's not about gaining muscle. You drink all carbs, right? You eat all carbs, complex mm-hmm. carbs. Um, so I, I personally believe I can get at least 95% of my strength back, which is all that I need. You know, I mean, that's, that's, my strength level is, you know, and in my personal opinion, far superior than most lighter athletes. I think it's also due to my frame size, you know, me being five foot seven, having more muscle, being able to pack onto my frame, but yet my forearm still being as long as the average lightweight. Yeah. You know, that definitely helps as well. My hands are bigger than normal for a lightweight. Um, you know, so I guess all this, all, all things kind of go to my advantage. But as far as losing strength wise, because of the diet, the strict diet before, during, and after rehydration, it's, I think that, uh, I feel, I feel mentally, I feel a whole lot better afterwards. Thanks for the insight on that guys. Really interesting stuff. And I, I wanted to, um, sort of run through a couple of things about the coming season. Obviously there's been a great deal of talk about the 600 series, whether we'll see more left arm matches, this, that, and the other, whether we're going to see new additions to the league. And I wanted to sort of get your, personal feelings on that because you know everybody's everybody um knows that guy that they'd love to see in the league we asked we had a sit down when we were in atlanta with myself rbj uh, michael and devon and they were sort of and that continued we we actually ended up talking about that after the show was done because everybody had so many opinions on it what i wanted to check with you guys individually is are there guys out there that um and we'll start with north america that you believe aren't represented at this stage in uh, in World Arm Wrestling League, who uh, who would you like to see in there? And we're going to come to Justin. Um, I would say uh, Chad Silvers is one. He's obviously been in the WAL, but not the uh, Supermatch series. Mm-hmm. Um, Snook would be a good one. I don't know if he can make sixty five, um, but he could definitely make some waves in either division. Yeah. Um, especially due to the uh, way the WAL setups are, I think it's perfect for him. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Anthony's um, very, he pulls very clean, doesn't he? 
yeah. great top bowler and he really does pull clean. And, um, you know, and, and he's in the same kind of spot I am. Uh, Chad wouldn't be in that big of a spot. Um, I don't know that Chad could do as well, though, because um, you can't – it's hard to no-load with WAL. So, <laughs> obviously, he's really strong, but everybody's strong at that level. Um, yep. If they did a left-handed um, <laughs> series, uh, Daniel Worley could probably make some waves in there, too. Um <laughs> Um, far as this side of the uh, map, there's not not many that hasn't been. Um, you know, it's winter time right now, so nobody's really active. But uh, I don't know. I really hope the uh, left-handed division goes off though, because I firmly believe I can hold that hammer with the left arm right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd certainly but, make uh, things interesting. The the, the left hand thing. Same question. We'll come to Paul Lynn. Oh yeah, I mean, just to t- just to spin off of what Justin said, uh, I'm 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 pretty good friends with Snook, and I think he's a guy we would definitely like to see. I know he's walking around a little bit heavier now, but I think with the right motivation, he can make it down to that 175. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> other than him, if if there is a left-handed division, um, a guy like Seth Barnett from the Northeast would be would be a great yeah. addition. Uh, he's yeah. I mean, I've seen him beat just about everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been talking a good bit with um, with Wayne Withers. Um, he's a super heavyweight from uh, down Mississippi, mm-hmm. and this yeah. guy, he, he made he made the trek up for the Buffalo Wild Wings series up in Scranton, and I mean, he just mowed through everybody. Like he, he mowed through Jim Bryan and Sean Latimer, and he's just an enormous dude with an enormous hand. And I think that he has that right there. Stupid strong brother, stupid. Yeah, he's been on a tear of late as well, hasn't he, Wayne? Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there, Paul. My bad. <laughs> Good. I see he's yeah. got an interesting personality too. I mean, I think he's a he's a he's he's somewhat of a character in his own right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a great guy. And as far as left hand goes, I would definitely like to see that. I'd love to mix my left arm in. I know I'm not I'm not left arm dominant, but uh, with my right being banged up for a little bit of time here, I feel like I've gotten a, a little bit of compensation from God on the left half. Yeah. So, and let's come to the same question, Mr. Sheldon. Yes, sir. Who have well, you got, mate? Anybody in there that you really want to see? Well, I know everybody's, you know, talking about talent and, uh, you know, just who, who's strong, who's good, who's beating people. And then I, I kind of think that in, but I also think of the, the business side, the marketing side, who's a marketable person? Because you want marketable people on here. And I'll give you an example. I'll use me for an example. I'm not the best arm wrestler in the lightweight class. Am I going to win the hammer? The odds are stacked against me, but if you get me on the right day, I'm going to, you're going to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of the way it is. And I can sell the sport. I mean, I, that, that's what I do for a living. I, I sell stuff. So you got to have somebody who's marketable. And I'm not saying you need a Travis Bajant in every weight class, but you do need something marketable about the person. You don't, you don't need five Jeff Hales. One Jeff Hale is perfect, Right. But you need something to combat that. So you have a Sam Harris, the humble, you know, the, the, the guy who's who's likable by the general public and likable for the people who don't like the Jeff Hale type. So mm-hmm. uh, having said that, um, I think somebody who'd be good for both aspects, one, for the arm wrestling community that really wants to see him there. Two, I think he's pretty marketable um, on more of the, I don't want to say, the whole douchebag type of mentality, but he's, he's, 
And he can be cocky, but according Tom to Nelson. Oh. Well, yeah, Tom Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love Tom. For everything, right? But I, I think a Corey Miller would be good. I mean, his his style, you know, Corey's one of the best lightweights in the country. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's be real. Um, and Justin mentioned that no load thing. You know, Corey doesn't load. So would he have problems in the WAL with that setup? Who knows? Like, like let's let's see Corey Miller bang it out with some of the lightweights because he has been dominant in the past and um and he and he's one of the best in the country and you know people want to see him in there. I think that'd be a good choice. As far as uh, anybody else on, I guess the West in the lightweights, mm, that, that's kind of tough. I mean, hopefully Luke Kent gets back into it. I mean, he just had his baby. Everybody's having yep. babies. Oh, yeah, that's a good motivation. Bit of a baby glut around the world at the moment. Justin's just uh, just had his little one. Absolutely fantastic. Yep. Congrats on that, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome stuff. How many children have you got now, Justin? Uh, three. Three. I think Jeez, that's gonna. Yeah. Should have been longer. <laughs> no, I think I think that's gonna do it for me. You're done now, are you? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got your boy. You're happy. Financial yeah. drain, <laughs> mate. Right. It's amazing. You're the best thing in the world, your kids. Though you gotta you gotta keep that 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 strand going without a shadow of a doubt. If nothing else, if nothing else, they'll be proud of watching the dad on TV in a few years. Though you're tearing up trees of late, that's for right. sure. Good to, uh, to 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 take some of that stuff in and show their it's- mates on the phone, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best motivation, I'll tell you, man. Ladies and gents, we got to take a short break just there, but please do not go anywhere. Pour yourself one, then get back in that comfy chair. And we'll be here in just a few. Welcome back to the show, guys. If you are just joining us, let me tell you one more time who we got with us. Tony Katowski from a two-time lightweight hammer holder. He's joined by roster lightweight standout, the very sexy... Very smooth-headed, Jamie Sheldon. We've also got Mr. Paul Lynn from the middleweight roster on the show tonight. And last but not least, the Bama Ball is with us. So let's get right back into the thick of it with tonight's guests. Let's come to Tony Katowski. And I want to pick on what ju- thought, uh, we were just saying there about the lightweight division. Obviously, Jamie focused on Corey Miller. Uh, have you ever pulled Corey yourself, Tony? Is that a guy you've come across in competition? Obviously, he's got quite a pedigree. Yeah, I pulled Corey Miller back in what the hell was that UAL eight? I think it was. Oh, you pulled him I in the UAL second. Uh huh. You pulled him in the UAL, okay? Yeah, it was. I think it was uh, the one in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I played second. He played first, and that was when I was just beginning to come up. You know, just beginning to train, coming back from my rotator cuff surgery and etc. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, he is definitely strong. Um, I, I have a hard time, you know, believing he's very marketable, but you know, I'm seeing it from. From the same aspect that Jamie's seeing it too, you got to have marketable people out there. Yeah. Um, but it's he's, I I personally want to see him in there just to see him get his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, that's what I really want to see. I want to see him get his ass kicked because there's so Listen, many guys. Listen, there's there's a reason he don't pull WAL. <laughs> so I mean, that's just me personally. But he is a hell of an arm wrestler, and he is very strong. He was. Definitely the strongest lightweight in America, you know, back five years ago. But things have changed. And since the WAL have come along so strong, there's so so many lightweight, middleweight, heavyweight, super heavyweight, and women that have come along that, I mean, that are just ridiculous. There's, you know, there's a reason to train now. There's a reason to train uh, for arm wrestling rather than going home and saying, I'm too tired. I had a rough day at work. I'll skip tonight. 
You know, that doesn't, that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, now if you skip, that next guy could be beating you. Um, so I would like to see, like he said, Jamie, she- or, I mean, like Jamie said, I'd like to see Corey in the mix. Um, for middleweight, I mean, I think a lot of them out there have, have kind of been around a while and kind of been opened up. Um, Daniel Mosier might be a good one for middleweight. He might be able to, uh, you know, stir some things up in the middleweight division, although he does rely on pure power and uh, not a lot of technique. So there's so much technique involved uh, with the elite that I, I think he might have problems with that. Um, as far as the women's division, I'd love to see Angela Matthews in there. Um, I think she could really tie it up. I mean, she also is about to have a baby here in a few weeks, but uh, she could really tie it up with Bachman and uh, another baby. Jesus, Justin there. hasn't been around her place, has he? <laughs> no, she, 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 I, I don't go near her. She looks like she can beat me. So, oh yeah, and, yeah. and she's been training through the pregnancy. Like it, that takes a beast. Really? Well, yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a beast, man. She's lady. So, yeah, which is so most important, guys, for you? Is it? I mean, is it about? Let's focus on this. Is it about the elite level athlete, or is it about the the marketing? Is it about the guy that everybody wants to watch? Which is most important? Depends, for you, guys? depends so, on the side. Depends on who's answering that question, I guess. Neil, right? Yeah. For me, like, as an arm wrestler, I want to. I want to beat the best guy. I don't give. I don't care about marketability, and none of that. Um, but you know, in order for the sport to grow or the league to grow, rather. You need markability. But for me personally, I'd rather pull the best guy. And it's in my opinion, right now at 195 pounds, the best guy is the champ. And, you know. Well, what's uh, that about, guys? Because everybody at the moment, I don't know about, about you, but there's nobody attracted to the, the same kind of negativity as Rob. Rob Bidget Jr., everybody hates on Rob, and it's like, oh, Rob, yeah, he's a bum. Everybody can uh, Rob, right? No, I, I mean, it's only Rob, yeah? Nobody well, no, nobody has any problem I, with him. <laughs> I love Rob. And um, to me, um, I don't want to say he brings it on himself a lot, but he, he kind of does. Um, and I don't think he gets as much hate as he thinks. I think he's just referring to a handful of people who like to push everybody's button anyway, you know. And I don't want to say any names, but you know who I'm talking about. Come on, say some names, Justin. <laughs> Come on. I've been trying to keep his. I've been trying to keep his name out of my mouth because that's what he wants. So, you gotta don't be doing that. I ain't know. saying any names. <laughs> Come on, well, well Paul Lindsay, yeah, bastard. He, he, you won't get that from Paul. Paul be on here dissing everybody. Isn't that right, Paul? Well, <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the thing that. RVJ's beating everybody, literally. He's beating everybody but Paul and um, two of the Australians who, who haven't beat anybody. I mean, let's be honest. The one Australian, the ginger, is talking about he's, he's already looking past me like he's eight foot tall right now. And, um, had, you know, it hadn't got me on the winning side of the table one time. So I don't understand that uh, part of it. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I personally... Don't want to talk about it too much because I'd rather pull, say, uh, Paul or um, Julier or somebody like that. I feel like if I'm pulling him, I'm going too far down. I understand I have to pull down because, uh, you know, I lost. But I don't want to pull down to the number one tier where I should be pulling at number three or number four tier. You see what I'm saying? I do. I mean, it may, I've, I've got to smile because for me, Rob Vigent Jr. is extremely extremely difficult to beat for most most human beings. That is a very, very strong man with a lot of weaponry you can pull anywhere. And 
and you know, I, I've been getting uh, I've been getting shit on a lot for that for that uh, match because by the end of the match, it looked like I shouldn't have been on the table, right? But I'm gonna throw a fact out there for you: nobody's pinned this man's arm other than me and and um, and uh, shit, uh, Jordan, Jordan Seal. So you know. And I mean, well, I almost pinned Rob it twice. gave you a lot of respect, so. Justin, as well. We had we had Rob. You'll have heard it. We had Rob on the show a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, uh, with Ryan actually, and he said, "Look, you know, what am I? What, what can I tell you? That first pin, um, Justin's really, really strong, and he nailed me. The second pin, yeah. he nearly nailed me. But uh, after that, I, I got into my groove, and probably he was a little bit burned out. He'd fired the arrow, and and he had your angle down a little bit. But you know, it's not like you lost to a bum." And, and, you know, I can't take anything away from him. Um, You know, like I said, he's a champ for a reason. He he was was stronger than me by the time he he pinned me, and that's all that matters. As long as you're stronger than me three times, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you look at at RVG, what do you notice? You know, you look at his reef and arm wrestling matches, current and past. Uh, you look at look at him. What do you notice? He's like every other elite arm wrestler out there. He's got the strength. He's got the hand size. He's got the rotation. He's got the wrist. He's got every single tool out there that most athletes have. But he's got one more at one more out there that most of the elites don't have, and that's that's stamina. You know, yeah. that's what he beats a lot of his guys on is stamina. He beat Craig Tuya on it. He beat Justin Bishop on it. His last two matches, and he also beat Jordan Sill on it. So. You know, that's the one thing a lot of these elite guys is they are crazy strong, but then after that first or second match, they're usually done. You know, yeah. so that's what Ravage Jr. has on most of them. And, you know, he's got that crazy size hand, too. That's also a huge advantage. So it's hard to roll around his hand. But, I mean, that's, in my opinion, Rob is by far, like like Justin said, the best middleweight out there right now as far as in the United States. And, you know, and I think if he keeps training the way he's training without any injuries, he could very well travel overseas and beat some of the top Ukrainian Russians. I think I'll the thing a- is that, that, that Rob, um, for me, if I've got a criticism of Rob, which we talk about a lot when I, when I do speak to Rob, it's his head. Um, yeah. Rob's almost like that fighter that needs to get punched in the jaw two or three times before he realizes he's in a fight. You know, you know he's that guy, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. When he and wakes you- up, he's a handful. You can say that, you know, and like I said, um, you can say that's his problem. My problem is I don't, I don't have enough stamina, and this guy's problem is this or whatever. And it all, you know, when it all comes together, you know, you see what happens. And But as, yeah, you know, as, as of late, to, to me, he's gotten a lot smarter, and that was the biggest difference to me. You know, a lot of people don't realize, too, and as Justin, you're a perfect example of it. It, when it comes to stamina, you tried all year last year to get more stamina, high, high reps, low weight, et cetera, et cetera. Stamina is generally, I mean, you can help it a little bit, but generally it's genetics. It's the way your body is wired. So mm-hmm. if you don't no, have stamina, you might be able to benefit a little bit of it, but you're not going to really get 100%. But, you know, you're not going to be the RVJ. So you just no. kind of got to stick with what you got and get stronger and go with what you got. You know, RVJ right. just has every gift out there, right? Except for speed. You know? I mean, I'm excited by some of the prospects that we've got that are on the rise at the moment. I mean, obviously, everybody knows about um, the claims being made by Ryan. And let's be honest, Ryan Bowen is a very, very good arm wrestler, and he's certainly on a fast track. But another guy that's got to fall into that same category would be the man on this call, Paul Lynn. I mean, Paul, big man. Um, got all the weapons. Who's Paul? Who's Paul? Oh, Paul Lynn, who's right here. I mean, No, I don't know no Paul. 
<laughs> He's killing you, Paul. He's killing you. <laughs> now, Paul's probably killing some other lady right now. <laughs> Every time Paul speaks, we have to interrupt him. It's like, oh, God, I've got to climb off yeah. again. <laughs> Back to the mic. <laughs> so, Paul, you, you you know, there's been a little bit of chat around recently um, for this sort of who, who's the next in line? Who's the contender? Who's the guy that gets the shot? And a lot of people have spoken about you. A lot of people have spoken about Storm. A lot of people have, have spoken about somebody else from overseas. I wanted to ask you this question, and sorry to put you on the spot, mate, but you know how it is. It's got to be done a little bit. Do you, do you, um, would you be opposed to pulling Storm in the World Arm Wrestling League because you guys train together? Would that be detrimental for you as a camp, or would it, would it be a match to actively avoid? I mean, we, we've talked about it. Both, both Storm and I have talked about it. We figure at some point in time we're going to have to pull each other. I mean, obviously, we'd like it to be later, you know so that we can train or get into get into a, a groove for a season. But ultimately, that's up to you guys. And I think both of us are good soldiers in the fact that we're going to do, we're going to pull whoever we put up against. Mm-hmm. So um, is that the match I would want? No. Uh, is that, the, you know, does that rank, where does it rank in the matches I would want? Down the bottom. Um, but I don't think either of us would shy away from the offer, um, if that makes any sense. It does. And you're not the guy that's ever called people out, but... If 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 uh, I sort of was made you do that, <laughs> who would you call out? Who's the guy? Who would you like? Oh, let's see. There's nothing personal in there because I know that's not your style, Paul. But who is a who makes sense for you? Who's a match you'd like? And who, or if you had to name two guys who you'd like to pull the most, and and, and why? Who would it be? Me and so, Craig. I mean- <laughs> Danny, Danny Tesh. I want to see. I want to see Lynn and Danny Tesh. Oh, silly. You do realize what you've just said, don't you? Please, Jesus, <laughs> pull him. He's the strongest guy on the planet of all time, right? Any weight? I mean, I know Wayne Withers came up, and he's a physical giant. But Danny Tesh, come on. I mean, if I, it, it, I'd have to break it down on how you want to look at it. Um, if if you want to look at it, you know, from the perspective, me being realistic, who do I deserve? I don't deserve to pull RVJ because my body of work's not there. Um, would I would I like to pull Rob? Absolutely. And then the other perspective of it is, you know, uh, Justin talked about the tears. Um, so it's whether you acknowledge the tears or, or not, and where where do I fall in the tears? So they if do not. Looking, yeah. <laughs> if uh, if if I'm if I'm looking at my body of work, I wouldn't look at the I wouldn't look at the tears at all. And I'd like to pull somebody who I've never pulled. Somebody like Froda. Um, I, I'd love to pull Solaris. I would love to pull Justin. I'd love to pull Craig again. Um, th- those are kind of some of the names that come come to my mind if we're not really looking at the tiers and just objectively and stylistically. Same question. To um, in, in fact, I want to get Jamie in there. Jamie, you're mm-hmm. two. Who are you going to go for? Who would you like to arm wrestle the most? Oh man, I got revenge to get on a lot of people. Um, I think, well, let, let's be brutally honest here because I mean, that's what we're doing on this phone call. Um, I think everybody in that lightweight division is strong in their, in their, in their power, in their lane, I guess if you want to call it that. Um, there are certain people that can expose certain people's weaknesses. And, and for example, uh, Tom Holland exposed mine pretty quick. But then again, a Jeff Hale exposed Tom's. 
And I think there's so many great matchups, but I mean, I would love to pull Sam. I don't deserve to pull Sam because I mean, he's got the hammer. So I haven't pulled Sam in five years and we were both 150 pounds soaking wet. And he's, I knew he was coming up and I knew he'd be great. Um, I think if I'm a hundred percent, I, I have certain tools that could do okay with, with Sam. Um, but I don't think, you know, that match deserves to happen. Like I said, he's got the hammer. I, I, I'd really like to see, um, I really want to pull Giannis just because he's the Jedi and I'm the Sith Lord, but <laughs> I really don't know what oh that would happen there. I just, I mean. You know what I think would be a great match between Jamie Sheldon and one match that we all seen this last year, I think, had everybody sitting and shitting their pants as they were watching the match. I think Jamie Sheldon and Adam Wilmot would be a great matchup. I knew that was coming. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Adam, yeah. he pretty much came out of nowhere this last year. It was like, holy shit, where did this guy come from? I think I just peed myself. And, uh, you know, I think just because, you know, Jamie, your style and his style, I think clashes perfectly. You're you've gotten very good in the strap, and Adam Wilmot, you know, he's always considered himself a strap master. So there's no mm-hmm. doubt it's going to go into the strap every time. And I think your styles would clash perfectly to where it'd be a long top row match. Ladies and gentlemen, I got a call time on tonight's show. Unfortunately, right there, I want to say a massive thank you to our four guests tonight: Jimmy Sheldon, Tony Katowski, Mr. Paul Lynn, and Justin Bishop. I also want to say a massive thanks to all of you for once again taking the time to join us here on World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup, and we hope you'll do so again same time next time. But till then, take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. The socially distanced NFL Draft is finally here, and you can follow all the action at BetOnline.net. Wondering who will be the first, second, and third draft pick? Do you know if more offensive or defensive players will be taken in the first round? Have a hunch on how many trades will take place in the first round? Maybe you're into oddities like how many draftees' dogs will be shown during first-round coverage. Before the draft goes live, head over to BetOnline.net for the latest props, lines, and odds. Bring the draft home with BetOnline.net.